about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Happy Pesach, everybody from the Worst Gig Ever team, Mike Pace. Jeff Garlock. And we've got a, a very special show to coincide with, by the time this comes out, Pesach is over. Passover for the listener, excuse me. What was that, a made-up language you that were doing there? That was a made-up language called Hebrew. Oh, uh, interesting. Speaking of made-up, our guest this week. These stories are so good, you'd think they were made up. You would think they would be, but they weren't. Uh, Anthony Tamanik, fantastic performer at the UCB. He's on Death by Ruru. He does the Tony Show, which uh, you should all go see uh, yeah, Tuesday playing. nights at 9.30. At the Tony Show? At the Tony Show is Twitter. But he, he was on 30 Rock, uh, but he's one of the best storytellers, actually. He does a lot of storytelling. He at- had us entranced with his stories. I mean, and he, t- he has some great... He This guy took worse gigs, literally, and he was... Digging back to his teenage years. Oh, yeah. Working these really, he worked, we talk about working in a video store. He worked in this awful fish restaurant. He worked at a, the John's Pizza Times Square location. He's got it all. And yeah, he's, he's, he's a great guy, funny guy, uh, known him for a long time. Yeah. He tells a lot of stories, but these are one, these are ones as someone who has heard a lot of these, uh, his stories. I've never heard, uh, these and they, so these are your, these are worst gig ever exclusives, you might say. Yes, that's the main thing that we're saying here. We're looking for exclusives. We are on looking this for exclusives, one. and you know how you this can get like in touch. This is like TMZ. It's all about exclusives. You know how you can get in touch with the worst gig ever staff here is to email us worstgigever at gmail dot com. Send us a message via Facebook worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com, dot dot com. iTunes. You can rate us. You can do all different kinds of things. Do it all. Let us know. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know how we're not doing. Let it do, just do. Someone everything. you want to hear on the show? We would Some... love to hear what you want to hear. We've gotten these amazing emails so far. A lot of really inspiring words. Thank you for everyone who's emailed in. So we want to thank all of our the the the, the crew, the crew down at WPLJ who loves the show. Best crew in the biz. See, yeah, that's okay. You want to talk to a real improviser? Listen to Anthony Tamman. I just <laughs> I dropped that one like a red hot chai pep. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Like right. the chai peps. <laughs> there we go. So let's just let's just roll it on in. We got Anthony Tamek on this week's worst gig ever. Worst gig ever. Base. I had this job. <laughs> I had this fucking job. Uh, it was one of my first jobs. It was called Hollywood Express. In uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, and my dad's best friend, George Lewis, ran it and uh, owned it. And it's interesting because it was the Kim's video of Cambridge, basically. So um, we had all the, they had all the eclectic movies, um, and we were sort of uh, famous for um, having foam. Uh, movie set pieces that we constructed. Sure. So there'd be like, there like, we were famous for having like a big enterprise hanging Ooh. in the middle of the video store and shit. Yeah. And, uh, Christopher Lloyd used to rent videos there. Really? Uh, yeah, cause he lived in Cambridge. So that what was like a big taste, deal. Do you remember? Uh, he just rented Back to the Future <laughs> over and over again. And do you have Camp Nowhere? <laughs> you yeah. ever heard of this one? And then he would bring scripts for Angels in the Outfield and say, like, imagine when this <laughs> is a movie. It's weird. He never rented the Dream Team. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> that <one> sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he sat in the one. worst Christopher yes, Lloyd imitation exactly. ever. Are you doing an impression of yourself? <laughs> Great Scott. <laughs> Marty. Okay. So, um, I, this this job was was I mean this gig was fucking super shitty because one I worked for my dad's friend who was a rageaholic <laughs> and 
was uh, n- like he was like a combo of like I would imagine Mark Maron's personality meets Howard Stern's and like the worst <laughs> aspects of both. Right. And that he really was, and he was this very like mid eighties artist. He was a musician. My dad's a musician. Um, always wore black, uh, blue, no, black jeans, black shirt, big Ray Bans, <laughs> dating girls like, t- you know, 20 years younger yeah. than him and ran the store. And so my job was, I had <laughs> three jobs. The first job was this thing called the bunny and I had, it was a duster and I had to go through the whole store all day. And here's the thing. It's like, I'm saying like worst gig ever. This is the easiest fucking job <laughs> right. in the world. <laughs> the easiest job in the world, but somehow there's a, p- a thing where like something so mind numbing. Right. That it, it slows time to a yeah. degree that makes it impossible to fucking make it through. And they were too cheap to put video uh, TV stands up there. Wait. Oh, they even so show you movies? You couldn't even watch movies. Beautiful. I can smell For that. For the listener, here. Anthony just raped the microphone <laughs> yes. stand with a, bur- oh. with a belt. Oh. <laughs> um, but wait, what were you going to say? You, you, you couldn't even watch movies. You couldn't watch movies. So I would dust and, you, and he'd, he'd come in and be like, you're not getting underneath the tapes. And so you, I would have to take every, and these weren't real tapes. These were just the empty boxes. Right. And I'd have to take them off and dust underneath where the boxes are. So I literally would do a week. It was like an excavation. <laughs> and by the time I finished the end of the store, it was time to do the beginning again. It was, was Sisyphus. It was right. a Sisyphean. And then the other Involving thing. Involving Hooker boxes. And, yeah. And now, and here's the other thing. I had to brush the sidewalk with a broom, like a like an old style Popeye broom, <laughs> and um, I had to, and that hurts your back, right? Yeah. Even as a kid, I, you know, at like thirteen, I would come home and be totally fucked up in the back. Right. So he would not want a leaf on the sidewalk, <laughs> even in the fall. So sometimes my day would be spent. Going up and down every 20 minutes and getting all the leaves off the sidewalk. And there'd be times where I just finished and the wind would blow some on and George would be walking back with a coffee and he'd be like, come on, man. Come on, man. Move them. And I was like, dude, like you got to be kidding me. Um, and the final thing was the bathroom. This is what reminded me is the bathroom is right behind the registers, all right. like directly behind the registers. And it was a cork board door that had like about a four inch gap at the bottom and the toilet was literally right behind the door and it was one of those piss leg toilets where in order to open it you basically had to brush your leg up against the base of the toilet Uh and i always call that a piss leg Mm because there's always some piss off the tip of the toilet and it gets on the calf part of your leg right so i had monstrous horrible shits at that age (laughs) like just every at that age not now no you know Uh what I do still have monstrous, horrible shits at times. I'm saying that because most of the time when I see you've just taken a monstrous, just monstrous horrible shit. Yes, okay. But, <laughs> but I will say, when I say horrible shit, I mean, now I got some good solid sure. going on. I fiber you're, con. you're an adolescent. You're a teenager. Yeah, right. Nobody teenager, knows what's going on. We're talking just liquid <laughs> yeah. gold molten, constantly. Molten lava. Yeah, molten lava. Exactly. <laughs> and, I w- and they would reek. They would reek. <laughs> I remember on multiple occasions... I would stink up the entire store. <laughs> the entire store would smell like my shit. And George would yell from the middle of the store, flush as you go, Anthony, flush as you go. And he would just scream it. And then I would come out and he'd be like, that's the guy point. who stunk up the store. <laughs> and that was... Wow. That, so that was an awful gig. And, and uh, Was and this, there porn there? Oh. Restock of the yeah, porn? the saloon doors. I used to steal oh, yeah. porn from the back. No, just from the very back where the right. shipments came in. And the way I would, all, I would also do this where I would steal videotapes, and we had a shrink-wrapping machine. Right. So I would get back used tapes, put them in the box, shrink-wrap wrap them, and then go sell them. <laughs> so I was just selling tapes and making bank off right. of that. And at this time, also, I think it should be noted that VHS tapes were not cheap. No, they Mid were like ninety nine ninety five for retail. Remember no. that point? Yeah, I re- yeah, like late there was a the point. Yeah, remember the beginning of VHS ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine ninety five like, was the base price. Yeah, right for when it ET, came out. whatever. Because yeah. they didn't think that people would ever buy them for no. Home they just thought they would rent rental. them. Yes. Yeah, and also, do you remember when 
you used to have to put down a $200 deposit sure. for a VCR. Yeah. 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 Most people didn't even own a VCR. Right. So you would rent one from the store yeah. and then rent your tapes and it would be like a $500 deposit <laughs> yeah. to watch a fucking movie right. at home. It was a big deal when yeah. we got a fucking VCR that had a little mini TV black and yeah. white in it that I watched Cobra on. I remember. Oh, we yeah. Killer we had, my, I guess. That's my, the only way to watch yeah. Cobra. <laughs> <That's> a, on <laughs> a, one of my on favorite movies. Yes. A black love, and white screen. It's the oh, best. Yeah. We actually inherited, my grandfather had one of the mid 70s top, top loading yeah. models with a simulated wood panel that was like in 1976 cost $1,400. Sure. <laughs> my neighbors had one of the first laser disc players ooh, in ooh. 1982. How much? 1989, three, right, right, right. two. Yeah, yeah. And I would go over their house and watch laser discs. And I, God bless him. God rest his soul. Uh, but my neighbor's son was mentally retarded. But when I say mentally, and I know that's not the fucking right thing to say, but I live <laughs> next to him and knew him. Mentally challenged, <laughs> retarded, whatever. Right. He had Massachusetts, that's what we called him yeah. back in the day. And not, you know, that's just yeah. the label. Right. So Billy was, but he was like really fucked. Like right. it wasn't like Downs or something like that. Like he was born without Seer, half of his serious. brain. Yeah. So it was like a serious one, but he was functional. Like he could grunt right. and like indicate things, but right. he just had no verbal mm-hmm. skills and, uh, and so he was a, sh- he would shriek. Um, but I would go over and hang out with him and I, he was, he was like older than me, but you know, sure. obviously we could play on the same level. Right. And, um, so there would be what we would watch Star Wars at the house and he would just shriek through the fucking <laughs> battle. And I, my association with like empires, just him being like, ah, ah, like during the whole thing. Surround like, sound Chewbacca going and, on. Like right? not in a bad way. It was like, right. that's Billy going for it. So. Uh, anyway, okay, yeah. I, I went back to the part only because my girlfriend in high school used to work in our equivalent of that, Mad Mike Super Video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to go uh, to get her, but go early because she had to do the restock through yeah. the cowboy doors. Oh, and yeah, she'd be like, oh, doors. fucking guys just keep rubbing like <laughs> on me. like Because it was tight. You'd walk back there and just be like, and it wasn't ever just like normal porn. It was like, here's the golden shower section. Yeah. Here's the fisting section. That's what and, back when like, porn were, you, I mean, people forget that like, Porn, the availability of porn in the late 80s right. was like, you would have to go, you can't even go to Amsterdam now and see right. porn like that. <laughs> right. That's how far the waters have receded. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember in mid-90s being in Amsterdam and being like, oh yeah, okay, I remember this. Like wood panel porn, basically. Like right. porn where you're like, oh, this is something illegal is happening on the <laughs> right. cover of this magazine. Right. And like, I can't believe it's for sale. And they would always be like Young Juicies or some weird yeah. name. Yeah. And it would be in the, the um Different Strokes font. Yeah. It would be like in this <laughs> yeah. Different Strokes yeah. font. Lesbian Lifestyles was the first well, one I remember seeing. A magazine someone had in the tree, st- tree stump up the road. Frankie uh-huh. Sweezy. <laughs> I know. I, I, going along with this, seeing those that first image. And I want, I want to ask you about video box art in a second but talking about the porn thing i remember finding the classic like this happened to me the bag of porn in the woods behind my school and the visual it's burned into my my brain of a golden shower scene but it was at some kind of weird porn convention so there's a group of like men standing around with with cameras like just taking photos of like one woman urinating on another woman and it just I mean, it's it's a combination of you being so impressionable at that time, but also you were working. That this is the glory days of video of porn. Stores. Yeah, yeah. Right. And- oh, I had so much. I had so much porn at home, and I had the um, the good Euro porn. I forget the name of the company, whether it was private or something, but it was just <laughs> top of the line, fucking top of the yeah. line. And I always would watch it going. European women must just have a lower standard for what <laughs> right. they do, but like, because these beautiful women, right? Like yeah. beautiful women, like right. people that in a million years would not have to be doing that, were right? Doing like right. just hardcore yeah. double penetration scenes, right. and you're like, how is this happening? <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, so I would steal that and I would sell it at school. Yeah. Well, so that was the big thing. Wait, what grade was that? Uh, seventh, eighth, eighth grade. Okay. Most of the, we had the kid, Ben Vote, I think was his name. I never saw him again after grade school, <laughs> but he was the Jehovah's Witness who brought in both sack of porn. Yeah. And yeah. was bringing in a beer to drink in, like, in the, yeah. the, the like, yeah, in the playgrounds. And I was like, oh, you've got a lot of things. Even as a kid, I was like, you got things going on that yeah. I don't need to get into. Yeah. I wasn't like retailing, like, you know, <laughs> fucking trench coat in the corner. But my friends, basically, I would be like, oh, you give me 10 bucks and I would copy them. 
Right. See, I would never give away the source. <laughs> right. So you had two VCRs. So you also yeah. gave a shit version of it. Uh huh. Like, I gave a shit. <laughs> a or second not. generation VHS always, dub. Let me tell you, they were always SLP. Oh. <laughs> there we go. But just getting getting back getting back to the video box art, I also you know just like porn, I can remember going into the video store, the local video store, yeah. pre Blockbuster, pre RKO Video. If you remember yeah, that, that I was do a big change. RKO Video. They were a good chain. And seeing like the Evil Dead Two box yes. the horror Skull section with was the a glass dream. with the, the horror section was the best i would just sit and Terrifying. stare yeah. for hours at creepers oh, yeah. and, and uh, make uh, them die slowly and i spit on your yeah. grave because they also like we had those in cheshire video was just like the, the all the banned ones yeah. they just happened to have a and couple it was a time before you could really do research on this stuff yeah. so it existed as this mysterious oh, left. oh yeah yeah um and what about um uh what's the one with the ball and the tall phantasm. man phantasm phantasm, the phantasm box box. oh yeah. yeah even even the ghoulies box yeah ghoulies yeah. box was cool and I then remember. munchies box was like <laughs> titillating <laughs> the little the little fake munchy gremlin ghoulie looking up the girl's skirt yeah, yeah. how about house house, house, house two, house two second, second story has uh Ari me, gross is in that movie yeah it has no relation to the first one me and jay green used to talk about one of the worst slides in it is the guy what i think maybe it could have been Ari gross asked the the funny best friend yeah he goes who are you, Bozo the Clown? <laughs> His response is, no, I'm Bozo the Death Machine. Killer joke. That's the best written joke. Way to go, comedy writers. I remember House 2, like having very, I fond memories of House 2, as being kind of like one of the first successful kind of horror comedy special it effects. Fun. It was a fun movie. House 1 I watched a lot, though, too. I had it oh, taped from HBO. Yeah. And like it had, what's his name? Who was George Wendt. Uh, is it? Yeah. George yeah, Barry uh, 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 Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono's in it. Uh, yeah. Dies in it, becomes a plant, and the guy who's spoiler in, alert, uh, all of Larry yeah. Cohen's movies, uh, and was in Law and Order. Oh, well, the it's a lot. Speaking of Larry Cohen, the it's alive box yeah. with the yeah. Uh, Wait, what's his? Who is it? Orbach? Uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, uh, balding guy, skinny. Uh, he's also in the stuff. Uh, yeah, what the you fuck know what actor? Is, is. Yes, I, I just do can't remember it, but he's the father in What's House. What's the one with the guy who has the head in the box? Oh, basket case. Basket yeah. case. with Belial, his his his, <laughs> his Siamese twin who was cut Belial. off. Belial, and they get back at Belial. the doctors yeah. who separated. Well, them. because yeah. they na- they named the kid Belial. Yeah, you know, exactly. Do you know that that whole scene that shot um in the little like room in the little uh, office mm-hmm. that it keeps cutting to yeah, the yeah. apartment? That's a lo- that's a actually a, a dressed. Um, uh, freight elevator oh, really? that they shot at because the doorman would let them in. They would pay him off, but like nobody knew they were shooting there. And there were times when they would go to shoot and buzz and buzz and buzz to try <laughs> to get in, and they wouldn't get in. And they'd cancel the shooting day. That movie makes me feel filthy. As a person who loves horror movies, like all of those kind of melt movies, like mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. kind of genre of like post uh, incredible nuclear melting waste man that melts people yeah, like yeah, sort of street trash yeah, yeah. And, yeah. piles of people yeah, toxic just, avenger yeah like, even yeah. though it's like I never really it just made me nauseous I, I've recently for those for the listener uh, we're in Greenpoint Brooklyn there I've seen this girl by the dog park who's uh-huh. melted into a box no but she has a Beautiful. basket case like um, sh- you know she took back a, she, patch I guess it would be a back patch yeah. it would be like she took a basket a case t-shirt a t-shirt. <laughs> the most beautiful she, tramp stamp you've ever seen. She cut out the basket case logo and like sewed it onto her back. Is she hot? Yeah. That's probably. That's kind of, that's, what do you mean probably? I, I'm oh, staring you, at the oh. basket case thing. Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's you, definitely she's probably hot. pretty cool. It ups her points a little. This that's episode going saying, out to the basket cool. case girl from the dog park. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's go back then. We're, we're already back. Okay. Uh, we, we've... Uh, so, I, I mean, I know some of your backstory, but sure. uh, the listener do- may not. Well, the listener probably doesn't or okay. has. You sure. tell a lot of stories. I do. Uh, in the I world. do. Yes. Um, but so, you know, you do obviously comedy now, but was that, that wasn't on your brain when you were a kid or was it? Uh, I mean, I always like, yeah, I mean, I guess I always sort of was like, like to do plays right. and did like theater stuff when I was a little kid, but I always liked the comedy stuff and actually like, you know, um, I went to pretty like, you know, hippy dippy mm-hmm. private, like first grade, second grade. And like we would do pantomime and we would do improvs. Right. We would do improvs. Yeah. Where, yeah. Like you would get up and do a scene with another kid and like make it up as you went and shit. Right. So I actually all like pretty much since I was a little kid, always loved doing that. But I didn't have an idea that that was something I could do for a living. I right. still clearly don't but like <laughs> but but the difference is i'm i could teach it now right um is is that like uh, but i would do it but i always thought i would go into film yeah 
um, or something around that. But at that point at the video store and then in school, I was doing, you know, audiovisual work. Right. So, I, you know, in <laughs> training at the local cable station so that I could like have a show, which I had a show in, um, high school called the Tony Lawrence show, which oh, is really? sort of like my current show running at the UCB East Tuesday nights at 9.30. Look at that. You the Tony show. <laughs> when was this? When was set the, so smooth? Set the mood. That was a nice plug. Set the mood for the, uh, for the, the high school public access show. What, were, what, what year were we talking? This was, uh, 1992. Okay. 91, 92. Right. And at the time, I had another shitty job or bad gig. Uh-huh. Um, cause I guess we're still talking about jobs, but I, I get, I'll get into gigs, but like, um, I worked at this seafood place that was, oh, what the fuck was it called? Um, it was some seafood place that yeah. was up in, uh, Ipswich and, um, I washed dishes there. So I was a dishwasher with a girl who I had an immense crush on, like an intense <laughs> crush on. And I got her the job. Uh-huh. And she was super hot, blonde, uh, named Allison. And I desperately, and I like did it literally just to drive her to work and pick her up uh-huh. was like the reason I did the job just to stand <laughs> next to her. That was literally it. Yeah. And all I did the entire night, because it was a lobster and like baked fucking fish thing was just dig my hands into this pink (laughs) fucking liquid that was rotting my skin off and she would stand and talk while I did all the dishes. (laughs) So her job was watching me do dishes and just scrubbing cod out and baked in shit and I would go home and my hands would be swollen with water and then they would ooze a pink liquid. Oh. Like your own melt movie. Oh. It was my <laughs> own melt movie. Bringing it back. Yeah. Wait, I want, I'd love to know the, the, the origin, because I think this, we, we don't get into a lot of like relationship stuff on the podcast, but there's definitely a worst gig element to yeah. that. So set the scene. The here. village. That's what it was called. Was this, the village? was this, uh, this show's going out to the village, <laughs> serving the best, uh, seafood <laughs> in Ipswich. Yeah, yeah not uh, really, but. Is, is this a f- like sort of a friend from school? Because you she clearly was like a crush friend, but you who, could you had some a thread of a relationship. We had actually a very close friendship post my revelation, which did not go <laughs> according to plan. It never does. No, the revelation was <laughs> you know met with a concerned. This is serious, but I care about your friendship. Right. Lecture about me stopping being a creepo after like three other botched attempts at telling her that I was in love with her. Right. Including like secret chocolates and shit. I mean, they were not, nothing was secret, but she was being yeah. very kind by yeah. not dressing me down. And then eventually she said, I, you're frightening me. Right. You need to stop right. or else I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And I was like, well, I was so obsessed and crazy. I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll park it. I'll just jerk off at home and just give up on this or something. And, right. um, so I, it's I, cool though that that stuff never leaves your mind. Like it never, no. it doesn't, it doesn't control your life now or at all. No, yeah, no, not at all. Well, you <laughs> it know, doesn't she, creep its way into all of your day to day relationships. You know, well, you know, she passed away. Oh, really? She, uh, yeah, she, like we were friends and then we sort of stopped talking just out of circumstance. And I come back to Boston to visit her in like 2002 or three. We hung out and like, even then, we hung out, and I crashed on her sofa. I remember coming up sofa, not sofa. Uh, <laughs> her sofa. I crashed on your sofa. <laughs> and I uh, uh, stayed on her sofa, and I remember that night being like, maybe this is it. Like, right. maybe. She, and she's got, like, a fiancé. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe this is it. And unfortunately, she, you know, had a, she was on a rooftop party. Ugh, and she, I think she had a few too many, or maybe not. But whatever, she... They were crossing between the buildings that were very close, oh. and she walked on a plank, slipped and fell, and banged her head on the um, on the uh, fire escape. Fire escape on the way down. Jesus! And that was the weirdest, truly the weirdest, or one of the weirdest things in my life that so far it happened was the idea that the person who was the number one right person I sort of had feelings with through my development right. of like understanding how to communicate that and actually the first female friendship that extended past that and right. like became something real and that person like passed away right 
It was very because you don't get to resolve it. Exactly. There's no like, resolution because that, that's the big thing. Like, I mean, I, I you know had somewhat of a situation of like that in high school, and it's just like I had a little bit of a resolution. But because like you, you as you get older and you start to do therapy and stuff, you start to realize like, oh wait, yeah, like I was just kind of putting it all on this on one this person, person to solve all these other problems. And you and wish it, was, you could, it was unfair to them. It was and, like yeah. you know, and, and you it, wish you could say that to that person. Yeah, and like you know, she's a prime example of someone who I would probably still be in touch with sure. and all that. Uh, I had a dream with her where I was uh, in her house and then we started hooking up uh-huh. and I was like, oh my God, it's like coming true. Yeah. And then there was a pound at the door and her father was like, let me in. Uh-huh. And she was like, we need to stop. And I was like, fuck. And we stopped and she's like, you need to leave the house because you'll get in trouble if my dad finds you. So like we were sort of back in high right. school, I guess. And I um, ran out of the house. This is like such a creep dream. <laughs> right. I ran out of the house and turned around, and the house was like the abandoned Freddy house. Oh, um, and it was yeah. all abandoned. And it was in the dream. I was like, "Oh, that's right. She's not here." Wow. And it was the we- and it was like that dream like woke me up from right. that concluded it. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we anyway back when she was alive, we yeah. were doing this uh, dishwashing, and there was a, a sous chef. Who once held a kid's head over a fryer later while we were working and was like, I'll burn your fucking face if you ever fucking show up late again. There was a kid we worked with who got spinal meningitis, a bus boy, and we were all quarantined for two weeks because he like got fucked up by it. And like they were worried that we would have it. So we had to all get checked and like couldn't go anywhere and I had to stay. I, I had to be in my home or uh, at the village. And that was a weird right. thing is that we would still go to work even though we were all closed down because of the spinal meningitis <laughs> right. scare. Um, and then this ended. The Wait, owner, but it didn't fucking matter for customers? No, no. They closed the restaurant. Oh, they closed, they closed Oh, but you kept going back my to ignorance. do other work. Is spinal meningitis contagious? Yes. It is. Yes. Good to know. Stop spinal hanging out with all those friends you got with spinal meningitis. It's bad shit, man. Yeah. So, um, Okay. The owner was this guy who sort of looked like John Waters, but was like <laughs> shitty. And he uh, had a cocaine problem. And his wife, who looked like um, uh, Joan Jett, like an old yeah. Joan Jett. And, uh, and then, but they also had their mother, who was like this 85 year old, like weird old, like Victorian ghost of a woman who would wander <laughs> around and like touch things. And she was like a slug. And they would just do coke around her and then like yell at all the staff and shit. Right. And, um, and that's where I learned how to, I learned about the joys of blue cheese dressing, buffalo wings and french fries. Oh. Like just eating that as a lunch with like a fucking fountain coke, which is still yes. like my favorite combo of food to eat. There you go. I'm, I'm going to agree with Anthony. Uh, not that far I'm off also- of Guy Fieri's Vegas fries oh. that I had at his restaurant. <laughs> The best meal, part of the meal. The what fountain are, Coke, though. The fountain. It, fountain is the key. Fountain doesn't is the fucking get better than drinks. the fountain Coke. Yeah, something about fountain Coke because I think it's lighter. Yep. And so you can take it down more and yeah. like yeah. you can take more. It's more like the best version of water yeah. you yeah. could imagine. Yeah. It's right? not as heavy syrupy like you're destroying your body with it like yes. with a normal Coke. I actually would rather have a can or a fountain, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I would, I'm would. i not a huge fan of but bottled. No. I, see, I would go Mexican Coke. Mexican Coke's sure. a different deal, After but that's artisan to me. Yeah. But if we're talking <laughs> artisanal like Coke. artisanal Coke, but like we're talking like I've got a big hoagie or a fucking Nissen cup of noodles chicken, right. I want either yeah. a can of Coke or a fountain Coke. Yeah. Right. There's just something about that taste. That and I, you know what? And I don't want Coke with my pizza. I want Pepsi with my pizza. Really? That's a, yep. That's, Pepsi that's goes the first with pizza. On the show. Pepsi goes first. to pizza. It does. It it it's better. Fountain Pepsi with pizza, for some reason, compliments it. You know, I for for the listener, uh, I was, was the Jewish holiday of Pesach. The, yes. the past couple days, indeed. Went home happy for, for this happy Pesach to all <laughs> really, of our Jewish listeners. Mazel, mazel. <laughs> went uh, went home for the seder. Found some uh, kosher Coke in my mom's. Oh yeah. Fridge. You can tell by the yellow t- the <laughs> yellow top. No corn syrup in that. Yeah, it's it's uh, sugar, almost uh, like Mexican Coke. It's it's it tastes sugary, more yeah. sugary. It's uh, sugar. It's fructose, cane sugar. Right? Yeah. No, no, cane it's sugar. cane sugar. Okay. The cane the sugar. they yeah, you can't have have high fructose corn syrup in kosher cokes. And I think that there's a like they have a specific symbol on them or a, a different colored cap. It's a, it's or a yid with a payas. Yeah, <laughs> they're going, "What do you love with me?" But they have a, a yellow star, right? Yeah, right. That they yes. have to wear on the <laughs> on the side of the bottle, so we can <laughs> differentiate. <laughs> uh, so. 
speaking of which, where does the transition into comedy come? Oh, you in? want to get into that? Okay. So. Well, well, we can. You know, I, let's let, let's get into some some gigs on the uh, on the road the comedy scene. Well, okay, let's talk about some. Oh, oh, pop tarts. <laughs> oh fuck! I can't believe that I did this show and wasn't going to talk about pop tarts. <laughs> so. Uh, once I started doing, uh, improv, then we would do tour codes and things like that, where we go to different college and things like that. Right. Cause you on- came to UCB in like 2000. 2002. Two. We both yeah, took we were a level one together. Yeah. So I've been there and for two and, and three. three. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. Yeah. We did all three. Yeah, Billy Mary. We made it out light. We or made Kevin outside. Mulaney. Mulaney. And we had Seth Morris for Seth Morris. A second. Yeah. And that was the one we waited outside. That's right. And oh you, it's one of my favorite moments you had to use to wait outside to sign up for classes. Outside, what's his, his Outside his of, uh, of UCB for okay. uh, 22nd. Because if you want to try to get the class, you definitely get in. And yeah. around four or five in the morning, yep. you start losing it. Oh, fuck. Uh, we had one, we had already gone to the borders to go look at David Icke books. Yes. Uh, and read uh, The Hidden World. I am, and then around, I am free. And then around five, he, he had his blanket around his head. Just yeah. going like, Captain, the dilithium crystals are dying. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, you lost it. You're done. But how many people are waiting online at this time? And all what, night. Yeah, what all time night, do line. classes start? Me and Jay got there at one in the morning, maybe. And they started signing up at six, seven. Yes. It's whenever Walsh gets up. Yeah, nine. it was one. Because it, abs- it was just Matt absurd. Walsh's apartment. Yeah. And you just walked upstairs. Yeah, and so whenever Walsh woke up. It was his girlfriend at the time with a folding table. And we just kind of gave her cash. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there it is. And then you get a little checklist. And you yeah. could select your teacher. Yeah. And you would see the board and see who was filled in yeah. and who yeah. wasn't. Yeah. The olden days. That was the, the way to do days. it, man. Yeah. Weeds These out. These kids today. <laughs> you know why? It immediately weeds people out. Yeah. Waiting in line immediately weeds people oh, out. Oh, yeah. It does. Now we got a bunch of kids whining on message boards. <laughs> Put it up at this time. Get yeah. out of here. And uh, by well, weed, why weed people out, I mean Jews. Yes. <laughs> it always comes back to that. Uh, so, Happy so, so, so the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> so, okay. So we did a bunch of touring shows. And the touring shows, you know, to be honest with you, there would be minor things that would be problems with the touring shows. Right. But I can't really ever say that there was like some calamity of, of a job that like that related directly to UCB. But my friend Fran and I, uh, I had this guy I uh, had done some like spec commercial shit with. Mm-hmm. And he was a huge fan and was like, "We're Pop-Tarts wants to do this <laughs> six-week tour where you or guys are going to make like 750, like 30-second, 20-second <laughs> web videos for Pop-Tarts. <laughs> and you're going to go around the country and pick kids and teens <laughs> and bullshit like that and like make videos with them and fucking them, just right. fucking them, power fucking <laughs> Uh, teenagers, <laughs> yeah. just power really, fucking just, DP. Yeah, yeah. Going, harking back to the golden age of porn. <laughs> yes. oh, harking, yeah, it was going to be a re-emergence, <laughs> a re, a new gilded age. Um, and uh, but we make these videos with these kids and stuff, and we would be submitting them, and we could like drive the content and all that. So I was like, okay, and we'll pay you a large amount of money right. to do it, like an enormous amount of money for the thing. Right. When is doing. this happening in your? This is 2009. Okay, so the internet is in full, in oh, full it's bloom. It's in full bloom. Right. Yeah. So um, my friend Fran, all, I recommend, I go, we want a girl too. And I said, okay, well, I'll recommend my friend Fran. Mm-hmm. Fran Gillespie. Uh, Fran Gillespie. Amazing performer. Amazing performer. And we uh, go in. So this guy, he keeps changing this thing of the deal and like you know we're gonna pay you this much and we're gonna pay you this much and there's like all this sort of like back and forth about what we're gonna pay i'm gonna loosen my belt oh my for the, li- <laughs> for the listener anthony's penis has been hanging out the entire show we were already underway and it was <laughs> my belt was really choking me off man i was like feel i was like i'm gonna pass out if i don't fucking undo this belt like what the fuck yeah. oh my god Ugh. so so anyway, so they fucking they we go into the pitch meeting and they don't know what the fuck they're doing right. and they're like, all right, what, we're, what? Then they go, well, we don't know if it's going to be user content or whether we're going to set up this tent. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what tent? And the next thing you know, <laughs> this thing turns into we're going to state fairs and different public parks and setting up a yellow pop tarts tent during the summer, so that it the yellow is the number one color that attra- attracts bees and hornets, right? <laughs> 
And we're then going to have a bunch of sugary treats inside. <laughs> and we are going to, at state fairs, just line kids up like a fucking gangbang and then do these little short, inter- like little short videos to a single camera behind a variety of pre-chosen <laughs> backdrops with props. <laughs> so it goes from like, okay, I can handle this to like, oh, I'm full on right. just minstrelizing myself. <laughs> right. Like, this is, right. this is in no way a creative endeavor right. whatsoever. I'm going to make a lot of money for something I don't have to stress about. I'm not making enough money for selling <laughs> out my entire soul. Yes. And it is like we're grading it based on what you deliver and right. kids have to look good and it's got to be G rated. Right. And I mean, I kind of knew that, but like, so we so still less agree. anal sex than you less anal sex than normal. Just only yeah. just tip penetration. Right. So we show up. The first thing we did was amazing. We went to uh, Fenway, uh-huh. right? And we do it at Fenway Park, and then we get led onto the field afterwards, get to walk around <laughs> after the game. So it's like starts like starts with a bang, amazing, right? right? <laughs> but immediately it shits itself because we are put up at the Howard Johnsons behind the oh. fucking Fenway, which I knew as the place where you got prostitutes and just did hardcore drugs, and it's where vagrants and like rapists and murderers. See, stay. and I know it as uh, what became a dorm for BU. What? the fuck yeah are you serious BU overflowed in like when i was there in like 90 i heard 97 about this. Yes. and so they took over and like students were hojos. just in the hojo because they didn't have enough room for all the students they had oh it was a temporary dorm and i, I just went back recently and they've just made it a dorm now i went in there and it was like the red room right. from fucking <laughs> twin peaks right like, it was the most depressing <laughs> it, it was it, it was a guy's wide shot <laughs> right and I was like, and I live in Boston, so yeah. I was lying there for like ten minutes, and I was like, "I'm going home. Right. Fuck this shit. I'm going home." So I went home. <laughs> I called the production. I go, "You will not." I called my agent. I said, "We are not staying at that level of a place." Right. I said, "You've got to bump up the accommodation." This is top pop tarts. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking We're rolling Kellogg's. Pop tarts, buddy. Yeah. It's Kellogg's. Go. Like, yeah. pay for yeah. a real fucking hotel. Right. <laughs> I don't need to stay at a resort. I need to stay at a Marriott. I need right. to stay at a yeah. fucking Holiday Inn. I'll Express. take a Hyatt. Right. A Hyatt. I don't give a shit, but like... That don't weird Castle Hotel Red that's Roof right Inn. outside of Boston. Yeah. <laughs> that, that my mom is, always was like, I would love to stay there. Never Sheraton. stayed there. Yeah. Because uh, that okay. is the thing. It's a fucking huge company. And you can always see when they are, are really pinching pennies. Like, yes. where it's like, this literally means nothing to you. Yes. But means everything but to the, your talent. But they're up all the ad people. Sure. All the writers and all the Pop-Tarts people at that event right. in a nice hotel. Sure. So it's like, no, 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 no. Right. We're, we're the ones doing the most work. So anyway, so immediately I'm already, you know when people <laughs> who'd handle you know that you indirectly have bitched? Right. And they're like, all right, Anthony, so don't worry. The next hotel, it's like immediately like they're going to be a dick to you. And I'm like, you can be the biggest dick you want <laughs> right. to me. I'm staying in the nice hotel I want to stay in. So right. I don't fucking give a shit what you think about right. me. As long as we're not in the no-tell motel, like off of like <laughs> yeah, route exactly. one. So yeah. now we start going into Harrington, Delaware, <laughs> and we are at some fucking fucked state fairs, <laughs> like just the most depressing hind end of Tea Party. Right. It's just post-Obama elect inauguration about six months out, and you are seeing every angry racist Tea Party fuck is attending their state fair. Right. And the thing that's crazy to me is like when you go out outside of New York or the other citadels of fucking civilized society <laughs> yes. around the world, you realize we live in a full blown. I mean, we live here in a police state. That's like a full like yes. fascist state. Yes. Just state police with their fucking goose step boots all over the place. <laughs> right. And just like these fat, swollen, ignoramus racists who right. are just trotting around pretending that, you know, Christ doesn't have a little short <laughs> right. mustache and right. you know what I mean? Like right. they just are like, no, 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 no. You know, we, we we're the, you, we're you wear your flag. I'll wear mine shirt is the nicest thing that they're going to say to you. Exactly. That's like, the, that's the, that's the liberal person. Yeah, in the, exactly. The so we start touring around and we are at one point at the Indianapolis state fair, a kid came up and uh, called a drop the end bomb about, Obama in the middle of the video and his dad started and his dad started laughing. We were doing that next to a drag strip, which was so loud that I actually had ringing in my ear. Tonight is for two days afterwards. 
And I like turn. I was like, get the fuck out of here. He's like 14. <laughs> and the dad's like, whoa, whoa. I go, get the fuck. I was like, fuck off, man. Like, yeah. get out of here. Right. And Fran is like, had it up to here. <laughs> it's Fran just the two I, of you? Yes. And the, here's the worst part. Uh, Fran and I are starting to eat each other alive. Right. Because she's like, doesn't want to do this. Right. And I and, and we were in New Jersey at a balloon festival. <laughs> Oh, I love the balloon wait, wait, festival. I, just, 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 just the two of you are interacting with just kind of kids coming just up. Just teen doofballs. And you're, and you're filming it. So yes. you're doing some kind of improv thing, well, hoping it, that well, they're gonna... doing the props. And so what I started to do is just do these like postmodern, <laughs> like there was a robot named Boxy I played <laughs> who like couldn't understand. Uh, why Pop-Tarts were so delicious, but he also <laughs> didn't understand the meaning of human life. And he kept trying to kill the kids. Um, there was a, uh, a boogie board dude who was, I was a boogie board dude who just thought everything was radical, including my own death. And I would kill myself at the end of every video. Uh, I played a Canadian mountain man who just complained, complained about the rent on his mountain apartment <laughs> instead of talking about the pop tarts. So like, I was doing things actively to be insurgent right. against it. And it was frustrating Fran because Fran's like having to deal with that. Yeah. And so we started to eat each other alive and we were, uh, oh, so when we got down to Ocean City, Maryland, which was recently destroyed, thankfully by Sandy, <laughs> Um, because that used is to go there a lot. You guys, yeah. are, I love these are like third and fourth tier markets oh. that you guys. I mean, just shit. Yeah. Yeah. This is like <laughs> this is band this is the third not, tour on an album. Yeah, you know, like yeah, this, this is, is like this is all right. I guess we'll go to like yeah, like uh, Delaware yeah. number one. Delaware, <laughs> yeah, and Ocean City, yeah. is fucking off. Yeah, I mean, it is like. I only like to go in there because I could buy band shirts while I visit my brother at Syracuse. But it was just like every like leathered up like people who are subhuman from New Jersey yep. standards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. so like I mean that's a low bar. Right. So um, we're doing Ocean City and we have to drive the production van for the production. <laughs> And so at one point we wanted to stay out in the ocean. The van wanted to go back and they're like, well, drive us back the three miles back and then go back, <laughs> which would have been like a 45 or hour round trip. Right. I call my agent again. I go, listen, get us a fucking car. Why the <laughs> fuck are we driving the production van? I said, either that or I want them to pay me for transpo. Right. I want them to pay me transportation right. fees. They got unions. There's reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's bullshit. So we show up to the balloon thing. <laughs> After I had staked this like huge stink about like driving them to go bowling one night. And so in addition to everything, you are demanding that you get to go bowling. No, they wanted to go bowling. Like what a fucking prima donna you're being. I had to drive them and pick them up like they're fucking. So you're the driver and the performer and writer and producer. I mean, you're you're a jack of all trades. A a jack off of all trades. So we get to the balloon festival and <laughs> they've brought us a yellow Volkswagen Beetle, which is the color of Pop Tarts. The new one. The new one. Yeah, the new one. <laughs> with the little flower holder on the right side. And she goes, Well, there's your car with like a passive aggressive smirk. And I'm like, Great. <laughs> Fucking Volkswagen. Thanks. It's our car. I don't give a shit what right. it looks like. I'm not trying to get laid in it. <laughs> Good. I want to be able to drive around. <laughs> wanted a Mustang. Yeah, I wanted a Mustang so I could rip it up in Pop-Tarts. <laughs> so now we drive to in, in at Indianapolis. This is where things go really south. <laughs> we see um who's the one who does lamb chop? Uh, uh Sherry Lewis. Her daughter does a performance at the Indianapolis State Fair. <laughs> that is the Indiana State Fair. That is her doing lamb chop. But shit talking herself about how she doesn't have the same talent as her mother Ooh, through the puppet. Self deprecating. So she's just like, You're not as talented as your mother. And it's like the craziest. I taped it. It's insane. And there's two people who are just meat sacks. Like they're not even humans. They're just fat meat sacks who are just in the foreground, just piling down fried dough, right. not paying attention while she is trying to sing anything I can do, you can do better to a puppet. <laughs> Okay, so we do these videos, and we got through our, like, 75 for the day, (laughs) and it was, like, three, so we're like, all right, we're done. We did our videos. We're closing up shop, and there's, like, other people who gave away Pop-Tart merchandise and shit, and we left them. Right. 
<laughs> so we, I go, and I was drinking at the time. So uh-huh. I go to the Whole Foods. I buy two bottles of wine and a brick of fucking blue cheese and go back to the hotel and I start eating the blue cheese and drinking the wine. <laughs> and I get a phone call and it says, uh, Pop-Tarts wants to have a discussion with you. They're very upset about what happened today. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? I'm drunk, right? We get on this fucking conference call and they're like, uh, we heard that you left at three o'clock today from the fair. And so the director's like, yeah, what's the big deal? And they're like, you need to be there selling merchandise until six or seven. Now that doesn't apply to us. We're right. not salespeople. We're just right. performers. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm like, that's up. Why am I on this phone call? Right. That has to do with production. That yep. has nothing to do with us. Right. And she's like, you guys need to be there present, your faces of the product. And I went, you're not paying me enough for that. Yeah. And I got into a huge screaming match <laughs> with these people. And I'm drunk walking around with a bottle of wine, <laughs> drinking out of the bottle of wine. Eating blue cheese. In eating blue Indiana, cheese. In the, like, screaming at them. So that <laughs> night, I leave and I go to a local bar. And I'm talking to this lo- local bar, the people at this local bar in uh, Indianapolis. And the bus boy's like, you want to smoke weed, man? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> And I had a second morning at the fair the next day. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. So we, he goes, meet me at my place. Gives me his address. I go to the <laughs> shittiest part of Indianapolis. <laughs> this guy's sitting on his porch. He goes, come see the grow operation downstairs in the basement. Uh-oh. And I go, okay. <laughs> I go downstairs. And for a second, we turn a corner. And there's a bunch of hanging plastic sheets. Right. And I go, oh, my God. I just... Walked into a kill room. Right. That was my first thought. Right. And then he pushes them aside and there's all this weed. So I was like, okay, good. <laughs> Not as much of a kill room as Not I thought. Not as much yeah. of a kill room. So we get ripping high <laughs> and I then leave and I'm on my uh, phone, my, my, my maps trying to find my way back to the hotel. All right. And I'm driving and I see this street. So I start to drive and I'm like half looking so high, drunk. <laughs> driving through. I drive up into a yard because their <laughs> the map was old and they had built a yard and a house there. And I drive, just drive through the yard, drive through the yard, pull onto another street. I finally get back to the hotel and I pass out in the Pop-Tarts car. I wake up in the morning and the director knocks on the window and he's like, Hey man. <laughs> What's up? You're up early. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go shoot. And so I fucking just drive to the state fair and hung over and high as a kite right. do six hours of Pop-Tarts videos. <laughs> Those so, are the best ones. <laughs> that, so yeah. now this finishes in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where I go to the Michigan State Fair in Kalamazoo. Great town mm-hmm. for everyone. Kalamazoo. Max Bar. Max Bar. The place to play in Kalamazoo. Yeah. And you know what? Kalamazoo's weird because it's got like a nice part. I'm sorry, that's yeah. Lansing. Super me. shitty yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, had no, a Kalamazoo, guy. we played a house show, I think. Oh, you did? Really? Yeah, yeah we played the Kalamazoo too. And it was actually yeah. fun. Anyway. Uh, yes. Well, the long and the short, we go, to, uh, there was a man who sat across from my hotel room all day, the first day. <laughs> and then when I left, he was like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> I was like, I'm, sl- I'm staying there. <laughs> and he's like, all right, man, you need anything, you let me know. He sat out there for two days. Wait, outside your hotel room in Just the hallway? Just across the parking lot. No, because uh, it was at one of those motels where all the doors were on the outside. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, it was our okay. last place we stayed, which was a Just like sitting in a, ho- in a folding chair? Sitting in a folding and chair. And you're too defeated to even argue about the I hotel. I don't even argue it. So <laughs> yeah. we go to a water park in Battle Creek. We go to a water park and... We film our last ones, and I'll never forget the last thing was going into a water park bathroom, uh-huh. which is the most foul. I mean, you might as well just have a kid have diarrhea on your legs. Right. Take every wet band aid, throw it on the ground, and, and just get diarrhea all over. Wet concrete with a with a shower drain uh, right in the middle. Yes. Nothing makes me more Oof. nauseous than and that. And kind of- I went in and watched a child walk in and just. Fully just shit on the floor. <laughs> just shit on the floor with their parent going like, what are you doing? And like their, and their like little daughter and her like little fucking yellow half bikini, right. who's like just disgusting. And I, I have to say, like I was at the water park going like, this is just a molest, this is just a molestation festival. Like right. this place is just like basically like a petting farm for pedophiles because it's just disgusting. It's yeah. just, unwatched 
wet children yeah. running around in a concrete park. Uh, and I was like, this is gross. This is, yeah. these shouldn't exist. Yeah. These shouldn't exist. If you're into smooth little boys who look like yeah. baby seals because they're so wet, and, but it, there it, you really, go. That was my thought. It was like, I look, just kept looking around, looking at all the people who were like weird, bald, chubby men who didn't <laughs> seem to have children walking right. around. And there were a lot of them. Yeah. It, 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 it's funny that you bring this up because when Oxford Collapsed, my band played in Kalamazoo earlier in the day. The band we were on tour with, the Constantines, great band from Canada, took us to a water park. Like, but there are a lot of water parks around yes, there. Yeah. And they're all like, there's the old kind of mom and pop water there's, parks. There's creamers, like, there's wets, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> slick dolls. And uh, went, went to this old gushers. water park, had a fantastic time. Loved it. Oh, and then sure. there was nobody how there. Many kid, how many kids did you fuck? Uh, you know, <laughs> just a handful. Yeah. I mean, how, how many stalls are there in that? that <laughs> oh, wait, there were no doors. doors. Let's just say that. <laughs> but uh, there is now a glory hole in there. All right. uh, so that seems terrible. That whole yeah. shebang. Yeah, and you I, were, it's not even like you, you didn't even go out west. You were just no, doing like. This is just just the, doing like, the butthole. Oh, well, the rust belt, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. rust belt. The state um, fair circuit. Yeah, the state yeah. fair circuit. Now, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking about like, um, uh, little jobbies that I had done. Sure. Um, so I also worked at John's Pizzeria in Times Square yep. while I was doing improv class at UCB. Yeah. And that job, although a pretty cake gig, um, I had one, we had, were friends with the cops and the cops would always come in and I had police cards and I was very good friends with these, uh, cops. Uh, doll and Pawnee. <laughs> and, um, they were, uh, they were great guys and they really were great guys, but there's just a different, you know, world when you're dealing with the SS. They have a different <laughs> sense of humor than the rest of us. Yes. Um, and like, you know, and it's weird because like I'm pretty, you know, not a big fan of establishment and things like that, but I like these guys and, right. you know, like anything, you know, you get to know people individually and they have a sort of endearing quality to them. Mm. Um, and so they would come every Wednesday would have this thing called the round table and it would be me and like weirdly it would be like Neil Cavuto or like fucking Sean Hannity or all these people who were friends with these cops. Right. So it'd be like one Fox News commentator, a couple of cops, a chief of one of the departments, like a four star yeah. chief. Right. There was one of the guys, the head of counterterrorism for New York who would sit there and we would have these like conversations and I would be like raging, you know, liberal it yelling. It feels like a dream conversation. For it you. was amazing. And we love the round table. And what was funny is that it's weird. It did really teach me something, uh, that I still abhor, uh, Hannity and all those people, mm -hmm. but. It taught me that valuable lesson of you have to be able to sit at the table. You can't walk away. You've right. got to sit at the mm -hmm. table. Right. Because it, not to tolerate it, but to fight it. Right. To show somebody that you won't, um, resist, you won't, um, back down to any of their theater. Right. And then also you get them to buck to it and right. be like, I'm a failed screenwriter. I'm a <laughs> right. failed this. I'm right. a failed fucking game show host. Yes. And now I'm this thing. Yes. I'm not a real thinker. I'm yeah. a failed hard copy host. Yeah. I'm a failed. Well, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. So this is the Times Square version of the famed Bleecker Street John's yeah, location. So same company. Same. So can you attest to how is, is the pizza there as good as the other one? No. I mean, okay. it's great. I have to say it's great pizza. But Times Square is the youngest oven. Okay. So because it's the youngest oven, it just has a different taste. Right. Yeah, they're going to go, well, no, that's not true, but it is true. The oldest <laughs> oven is the best oven. John's employees who are listening to this, <laughs> calm down. We do have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, you'll have a lot of John's employees. Bobby Moynihan was one of my hires at John's. Oh, really? I got him his last job before. Was this before or after he worked at um, uh, uh, the other? Pizzeria Uno? That was yeah. Pizzeria Uno. That was, after yeah. he left Uno's. But so uh, I, the cops, we were close and joke around. And one time I was up in the office and our boss, Pete, uh, little Pete, who was huge. He was like a big guinea, you know, from oh. fucking Staten Island. <laughs> right. And, uh, we're all up there and the cops are up there and we're hanging out. And I was a manager and they're talking about police procedure and they're like, Anthony, Anthony, let me show you, you know, what, what we do. Right? Yeah. Tony, let me show you what we do when we fucking, <laughs> when we, uh, uh, interrogate somebody. So everyone's laughing and I'm like, all right, whatever. And they go uh -huh. sit down in the chair and they go put your hands behind the chair. I'm like, fine. I'm like, I'm playing along like it's an improv scene. <laughs> right. And they cuffed me. So I'm like now sitting there cuffed and I'm a little like nervous. And there's this You're in black a kill room a little bit. <laughs> I'm in a kill room. Yeah. And there's this black guy uh, named Ken who's sort of like a Dr. Hibbert who's like, well, oh, my church. 
Then there's Rob, who's the gay leather daddy who does the finances, and he's like, oh, boy. And then this little waif of a girl, Courtney, who worked there, who had just like a wide-eyed like Japanese anime stare right. and like a tear coming down her cheek as this was happening. They take a phone book and without informing me, just whale me in the head with it and do an around the world. And they're like, that's an around the world. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening now? And Peter's laughing and the other people are laughing nervously. And they then hold a phone book up to my head and I see everyone's eyes suddenly widen. And I realize that the one of the cops had put a gun up to it and was saying, this is what we do if we don't have a silencer. But he's holding a gun at my head. Right. And uh, I suddenly got sort of like, I was like, all right, like, get me out. Fuck this. And they go, we want to perp walk you out like a joke. And I was like, no, uncuff me. <laughs> and they were like, no. And I realized in that moment, it's like, that's when you play around with the SS. Right. There's that moment where you go, oh, no, they're joking means, yeah, we have control over you now. Right. Yeah. And they took me down the stairs and perp walked me out as a joke and like pulled on my arms and <sighs> shit. And it took this hippie manager named Rick. He's the best guy in the world. Rick is like. Totally. Like, Rick's smooth, talks like this. I'm Rick. I don't give a shit. Me and my lady Nancy live out in, way out in Queens on the water. It's great. Everything's good. And, you know, Rick's worked in every restaurant. Right. Like, doesn't give a shit. And he, like, called them and dressed them down. He was like, can't do that, man. Can't do that to fucking Tony, man. You owe an apology. And the cops came in, and, like, two shamed kids stood there and were like, we're very sorry for handcuffing you wow. and holding a gun to your head, Anthony. Jesus Christ. Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. Wow. Was that was this was this towards the end of working there? Uh, no, I still had a year, two years <laughs> left. And my favorite, it's good buddy though. My favorite part was that Peter said to me after he goes, "Hey, man, let me tell you, if they'd shot you by accident, you would have gone right in the oven." Oh. He goes, "And think about that, you're a Jew, huh? That's funny. No joke. <laughs> Write that one down." He goes, "We'll put you in the oven, right? That's Jesus. where you belong." Was there ever a kind of a reverse situation where you, you know, like worlds collide and you would invite these guys to your improv oh, shows? Yeah, they all came to see the show. So, what were some of their reactions? Anthony, I love those make em ups. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. How do you do that? How do you come up with all that? That was funny. That was crazy. <laughs> do you- do you ever see them around anymore? Oh, yeah. I go by and visit all the time. Oh, they still work in a shift later tonight. I work there. No. I go, I, if I have an audition, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll swing by. Yeah, they're yeah. like, I mean, they're, you know. Yeah. I'm also Italian, you know, sure. so like. Wait a second. Italian Jew. I steal things on sale. That's, I'm, the, I'm an Italian Jew as well. Yeah, there you go. I am. And as Peter would bot, butcher it, Anthony, you're Italian. Whatever you don't, whatever you don't buy, you steal. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not. I love the pause. The joke. Peter. <laughs> oh, were you bar mitzvahed? No, I was not. I was. Uh, my grandmother was a pretty uh, secular Jew. So father's and, side Italian, mother's side Jewish? Yes. So I Same am here. a Jew. Same here. But yeah. I might do a bar mitzvah for my show at some point. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. when, when my father converted um, before I was born to Judaism, he got uh, the equivalent of a bar mitzvah at age 30. Wow. So there's... Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. the Italian side of me is very disappointed. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I, let me, it's, it's, it's Italian, it's Italian and Swedish. So it's, I oh, guess I'm yeah. Swedish Jew. No, well, that my, my father's side, my grandmother is Swedish. My grandfather is Italian. Uh, uh, so okay. the, yeah, so he was Italian, Swedish. My mother's side is all Eastern European. Complicated uh, mess. I am. That's what <laughs> yeah, and, what a mess. We, we, we've been skipping all over the place here and you yeah. have these, all these, um, I mean, these are some, these are some amazing. Oh, well, thank worst you. Worst gigs. Uh, across the board in doing stand up in just your normal everyday job. What is it that, and now you're, you know, now you're doing, you're doing a lot of, uh, auditioning and, and teaching. What, what keeps you going through like, oh, like through bad things? Through, through, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, any situation that's bad is immediately like, oh, well, this would be a good story unless it's life threatening. Right. Or unless it's like psychologically damaging. Like right. it's basically going to be just a good story later. So anytime something's bad, I mean, yeah, you know, there's Torcos when you go and you're performing in a cafeteria right. and nobody can hear you. And then you go, who fucking gives a shit? I'm getting money for this. Yeah. Right. What do I care? Um, and you know, uh, the things I think the thing is, is when you ever show up for something free and if you do something pro bono and it's not handled well, mm-hmm. then that's a problem to me right. because if I'm doing something for free, 
then at the base minimum, let's just show up and do it. Right. Like, then I'm fine. I don't give mm-hmm. a shit. I don't deserve anything extra special. Or, but if you show up, if I show up and I'm doing it for free and you waste my fucking time, that I just shut that off. Right. Unless, of course, it's like, obviously, like, not free because it's someone really established mm-hmm. or something right, like that. Right. So you're doing it for, that's not free. You're, you're now yeah. basically paying in your time to do something for Do you even you. let that happen anymore, though, where you're just like... You, oh, you're, I mean, I mean if someone wants me to do something and I can do it, I'll Or do I guess it. what in terms of things that you know you're doing for free. Wait, uh, I, and that, like, the, the, the former example. Oh, the level of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a thing recently that someone wrote me and they wanted me to contribute a bunch of inf- information to this site. And it was like, write 10 pages on this and, like, write your bio and give your opinion of improv this way and blah, 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 blah. And, and it was a very nice email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm considering doing it, but it is like, that's a lot of work you're asking me to right. do for you. And you're not offering to pay me. And you're saying that what's going to happen is I'm going to be featured on a fucking improv right. site. Like, that's great. But like, you are asking me to do a lot. So sometimes in things like that, I go, okay, is this something that ultimately will help me in posterity? I mean, it's selfish, but it's true. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm doing it for you, but like, I'm doing it for me. Right. You know, because I think the biggest thing I've learned is like, don't give away the store. Yeah. Don't give away the store. Don't give away your ideas. Don't, um, you know, I learned, I was reading this thing about how like talking about your ideas will trick your brain into thinking that it's doing them. Definitely. And it's the whole like, I'm working on a screenplay, but you're not writing the screenplay. Yeah. Saying you're able to say that. And it satisfies the same neural pathway and you'll actually forge a pathway that, um, basically is tricking you into believing you did it. Yeah. Um, which is great in improv, but not great, uh, in real work. Right. So, I mean, what, you know, what keeps you going? I, I mean, in the grand philosophical sense, I, you know, there's three things. I mean, I'm going to do, no matter what you do in life, there's going to be shit and good. And that's right. just the way life is. And you're the arbiter of your own decisions. So I can choose how bad I or good I want my life to a certain degree. Right. And. Um, what the hell else would I do? I mean, what am I going to do? Have a bad job in something I love to do? Like have the, the, the random bad thing, bad moment, uh, bad show, or am I going to work at, you know, uh, Barnes and Noble or right. like at a fucking hoagie shop and have a bad day there and be like, wow, the whole stretch of this is bad because this isn't what I want to do. Right. I'm right. not comfortable. I actually, you know, envy someone who has discovered something that they are good at, that they tolerate doing, and it's afforded them the ability to explore their life in other ways. And I don't mean like golfing and shit, but like right. they can read a lot of stuff. They can go to grad school and do something. That right. I think that to have that sort of like, I'm content in this cone and moving away from it, I feel like I've just found that in what I do, right. which is I found in my thing the cone of tolerability of certain things and then the joy of other things. And so if it's working and I can make a living at it, then until I can't, I'll just continue to do that. Right. Because it's working through, especially, you know, I, I feel like especially in like the community we live in, it's like working because everyone's, there's always going to be people getting things, oh, you know, yeah. and getting shit that it's in the, it's like fighting that constantly of just like, well, you know, but you mean they did it because they're on their or... path. They get on this path, like whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, That's a hard thing to, yeah. to process. And I think you have to be honest. I mean, it's like therapy talk, but like I, I, I was, I was late here because I was having talking about therapy stuff with Nate Smith, like over yeah. Skype, like because uh, like, it's what this fucking it's about. It's, it's valuable. It's, I mean, it's we can look historically and talk about the shaman or talk about the advisor or right. talk about how communally we did this for each other. You know, it's not a new thing. Therapy, therapy has just become its own commoditized thing. Right, but it's the same thing as a lot of other avenues offer, and so you know, to discount it, or actually, I think the poison of our society is the rugged individual, the idea that we do it alone and go it alone, and that that's what a success story means, because that's not one true, that's mythologizing something Mm -hmm. that and, le- and lionizing something that's not true. Right. And secondly, Part of the it, American mythology. And it breeds sociopaths. It yes. breeds people who do not have what we would say is, if we have object permanence, who do not have subjective permanence. Right. They do not understand or conceive of things outside of themselves, what it, how it impacts them, and see other people as icons of things that are reflections of them. Right. And I see more and more of them every year. Yeah. And they're frightening. They're yeah. frightening people because they are the slaves of the new world order. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, where the no meaning, there's, you know, the, 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 the dream, you know, the sort of the, 
dark Masonic dream, if we look at two versions of Masonry, maybe the darker version says, let's create such um, lack of importance around all uh, facts Mm -hmm. that we make all things subjective. And by all things being subjective, we have achieved the confusion of con- you know of consciousness and 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 uh, concreteness so that we can now add a new level of illusion into right, right. the luciferian right. illusion is achieved right right we hey, can uh, shift uh, yeah. exactly sorry uh, yeah i got really intense there <laughs> hey oh, i like that. it and that's what editing is for <laughs> no i'm kidding we're not <laughs> no. touching uh so, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, you've given us all of these amazing stories, okay. and and, and uh, some there's some ju- little juicy there's going Jews back, and call juicy. back <laughs> Jews and juicy. Uh, the way that we kind of kind of come full circle here, and and, uh, and as above, so below, and wrap things up. <laughs> Want to ask you a question here? What do you think of the word gig? Yeah. I think gig <laughs> sort of. I think I say it, so I can't. I'm just saying it with the judgment laid on me. <laughs> At Thirty Rock, there was a day where Tina was making uh, Tina Fey. Uh, <laughs> Thank for you the for listener. the listener. <laughs> little no comedian. <laughs> I remember Tina using it in a script, and then that day when this that scene was being shot, joking about how she hates the term gig. Right. Um, it does have sort of a. I think it's um, connected with. Guys who are wearing like saggy clothing and like sort of have heroin face and they're like, gotta go do fucking kick, man. Just gotta get my sticks and my set done. I gotta break down my set. So I'm just using a snare and a fucking hi hat. Just a bass, simple kit tonight. Cause I gotta break it down. I guess it was that guy hanging around outside the motel. Yeah. Michigan. Guy. Right. yeah. And I mean, and for, we didn't, we didn't even get to touch on the whole 30 rock thing. Uh, in a word, what's that a was, word that you would describe? Heaven. Is that what you said? Uh, no, that, or that you're saying, not, or that Kevin, actually. Is that what uh, Sitting? I, would that be the word you describe it? I thought I heard heaven there. A gig. Yeah. A gig. <laughs> and what, that's a, a perfect way. But a gig that got you to stop going to Tony or to the pizza place, right? Hey. Oh, I loved it. It was yeah. great. But it was yeah. a job. Yeah. It was fun. But, you know, it was, it was, a job. I mean, it was an enormously fun thing that afforded me all sorts of access to things that I would never had in my life. Right. I'm eternally grateful to Tina Fey and to Anthony King for, you know, and UCB for getting me that access. But at the end of the day, it was a job that was lots of fun, and now it's over. (laughs) Yeah. Look, look, you're you're coming down the pile. You're coming from auditions. You're going to auditions. You're 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 um, doing a show with uh, RZA. You're doing a show with RZA. You're you're hanging out. Is that tonight? Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out. It'll have gone great. You did That's a right. show with the RZA? How I was it? I did a show with the RZA. You know, it was great. I'm part of Wu-Tang now. Oh, hey, cool. You're, you're, you're uh, you know, you're, you're in the Freemasons. You're hanging out with Ron Kuby, all of this great That's stuff. Right. So David whatever's I... next, yeah. we just want you to get home safe. Wow. Thank you very much. No problem. Worst gig ever. 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 ever.